This is an AMI podcast. I'm Dave Brown, and this is a podcast version of AMI's Morning Show, now with Dave Brown. Catch the live broadcasts weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on AMI-audio and AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's head all the way out west to Vancouver, B.C. to catch up with community reporter Amy Amanti. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Dave. So, Amy, you are always keeping yourself engaged in the arts community. We just spent a lot of time talking to Clover Thursday about arts in the park events. Well, you're going to be taking part of the Vines Art Festival in Vancouver. What does this festival celebrate? Well, it's almost just like Clover was talking about. This is art in the park, uh, more or less. So the Vines Festival runs uh, August 3rd. So I believe that's today. Um, All the way through (laughs) August 13th. I don't know what day it is these days, Dave. It's so busy around my life. I just, I wake up and I go, what's happening today? can confirm that it is indeed August the 3rd today. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, So I guess I better start preparing. Um, So yeah, the Vines (laughs) Festival is an outdoor festival and runs for this couple of weeks, always in August. Um, And what's interesting about it is, is that it actually was on, I performed in this festival last year in like the height of COVID almost because it was an outdoor festival. So there wasn't the same fear around being indoors and having to wear masks and all of those kinds of things. But it's really geared towards um, helping unrepresented artists um, connect with the land, perform with the land. And so I'm doing a piece that um, uh, that I'm going to perform on August the 12th at 7.30 p.m. at a place called New Brighton Park. Um, and it's all about inappropriate questions, the kinds of things that I get asked on the bus that are nobody's darn business. <laughs> okay, but now you'll make them the public's business in a public interest event. You better event. believe yeah. that I'm going to. <laughs> uh, Amy, are there going to be any kind of accessibility services or accessible performances available for audience members with a disability? Yeah, you bet there will be. Um, And I'm going to toot my own horn here, Dave, toot toot, because last year when I worked with the Vines Festival, I said to them, what kind of representation do you have in your audience? What kind of representation do you have within your artist pool? And they're continually trying to develop that, right, which is fantastic. Um, And they said, well, you know, we, we don't really get a lot of folks with disabilities coming out. I mean, we're in a park area, so some parks aren't accessible. So the two days that are performing, uh, two days that are happening around, I'm performing the August 11th and 12th, we're calling those low vision friendly days. And I've worked with the Vines Festival to develop these programs. So low vision friendly days are aimed for folks in the blind and partially sighted community, not exclusively, obviously, but they'll have extra sighted guides on hand. They are going to be providing transportation supports to your house and back home through rideshare and cab services for folks that register and need support Mm. with transportation. They're going to provide food on that day for folks that come and spend a day at the park. Um, I think that's a pretty, and of course the tickets are free because they're outdoors. So I think that's a, 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 I think that's something to celebrate in terms of access. Personal chauffeur, personal chef, Amy, we're talking about that million dollar lifestyle right there. Right on, hey? <laughs> uh, so as you mentioned, the festival starts today, August the 3rd, runs until the 13th. Folks can head over to vinesartfestival.com to learn more, vinesartfestival.com to learn more, or if you didn't write that down fast enough, ami.ca slash nowblog. Amy, while we're talking about folks enjoying themselves with some art mm-hmm. in the great outdoors, Bard on the Beach. What are some of the performances that folks can expect this year with Bard on the Beach? 
Bard on the Beach is back, and we're so happy to see it back again. This is also an outdoor festival, but it had been on hiatus because of the pandemic. It costs roughly like a million and a half to two million dollars to set up these huge tents in the middle of Vanier Park. So basically they, they build a theater outside, uh, but it's covered, right? So you're in like a wooded kind of Shakespearean style vibe place with these tents that you watch um, Shakespearean shows over. But, but Bard is really well known for kind of mixing up the Shakespeare. I mean, one year I think they did uh, a show to the theme of Beatles music. Um, so they're always doing something a little bit different. Now, I haven't seen Midsummer's Night Dream yet because uh, it won't be until the end of August. On the 28th, we're going to do uh, the matinee performance, described matinee performance, and there will be uh, a social event. So Vocali hosts social events so the community can just like have a picnic together, mm-hmm. um, break some bread before we go see a Shakespeare performance. So um, I'm really, really excited that that Bard on the Beach is back. You have a connection to a Midsummer Night's Dream. As I recall, you were part of a uh, online reading during the pandemic. What was that experience like? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, I want to say in the first handful of months, I think once we knew for sure that the two weeks that they told us we all needed to shut down was going to last longer than two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then once that kind of became clear to most folks, people started to, to scramble to figure out how to bring certainly arts back into, uh, uh, I guess, a digital space because, you know, the curtains were down, right? Um, and so the, the experience was great. It was me and a bunch of other blind performers, and we did an online reading of Midsummer's Night Dream, and we also um, brought our own sound effects. So uh, when Oberon or with fairies or somebody was walking in the forest, we had somebody taking paper in the background and crumpling it up and all that kind of stuff. Like, it was just fun. It was fun to be with community and to be performing at the same time. Coming back to Bart on the Beach, are there going to be some described shows? Is it going to be select shows or is it going to be the whole festival? Yeah, so for this one, it's select shows of, of a Midsummer's Night, Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, there's going to be two particular performances that are described of that. So one of them will be a matinee performance and one of them will be an evening performance. And we like to do that just so that folks have some choice. Not everybody wants a matinee. And the reason for the choice is honestly because of the way the sun sets at Bard on the Beach, right? So you're either there in the matinee and, you know, around four o'clock can be the hottest time of the day, mm. um, or you're there and, and the sun is setting while you're watching the performance to the backdrop of the ocean. And so if you have partial sight, sometimes that can be a little bit challenging with partial sight. So, you know, we like to give folks some, some options in terms of um, what kinds of shows that they can attend to. And uh, the tickets are free. Hey, the low, low price of three ninety nine. Uh, if people want to learn more, I'm going to give them the phone number here, but I'm yeah. also going to encourage them to check out our blog after the show for more links, ami.ca slash now blog. But the phone number for questions in the box office is 604-739-0559, 604-739-0559. And that's open seven days a week, but the uh, hours are a little limited. Noon to six otherwise known as the dream work shift in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> get that shift, box office. <laughs> uh, Amy, let's get to one more story here because you wanted to highlight an, a travel service called Accessible Go. So what resources are they offering to travelers with a disability? Yeah, so I thought Accessible Go was an interesting thing to highlight. Listen, I've been getting their newsletters for eons and have not really paid a lot of attention to them. Sadly, I will say that I get lots of newsletters from lots of places and there's just too many of them to read. Um, But as I'm thinking more and more about um, traveling again, um, 
as the world is thinking about that, and, and I think maybe no offense to you folks in Toronto or, uh, but Pearson Airport's not going to be on my list of places. <laughs> no, no, that's a good through. idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> But what I was thinking about was the, um, you know, like the NFB conferences, National Federation of the Blind and the ACB conferences and all of those things. Those big U.S. conferences where the blind community assembles have been happening this year. And so um, Accessible Go offers a lot of um, accessible travel suites. So um, they will they all you need to do is tell them what city it's mostly U.S. based. But if you're going to one of these conferences, that's great. Um, you, all you need to tell them what your access needs are, and they will make all of the reservations, find the hotel, communicate to the hotel the access needs, um, uh, prepare any discounts that you can get um, because they are working with hotel chains. Oh, nice. Make it more accessible. And I thought, it's really interesting. I bet you there aren't a lot of people that know this. Amy, did, did you say that it's it, it's mostly American-based? Are there any kind of big cities off the top of your brain that you want to fire off here? Oh, gosh, all of the big ones, you know, uh, Las Vegas, New York, Orlando, San Diego, Chicago, Hawaii, all of the big places that you would want to travel in the United States. Um, you can even apparently rent RVs um, oh, wow. if you want to, to uh, travel through in a luxury camper on wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I think there's something to that kind of service, right? That you're leveraging partnerships and you're leveraging opportunity, yeah. but you're also letting somebody else kind of handle a lot of that third party calling because that can be a hassle, right? If you're going to do some traveling and you've got to call the airport and call the taxi company and call the limo yeah. company and call the hotel and call the restaurant and blah, 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 blah. Like at a certain point, planning your vacation ends up being exhausting. Well, and the only reason this comes together so nicely is because of the Americans with Disabilities Act. So yeah. there were yeah. hotel chains that um, have abided by these guidelines, that these suites have been vetted by folks with disabilities. Uh, because as we all know, uh, we talk about this in Canada all the time, but there's a difference between like building code and what is actually practical to oh, the yeah. end user. Oh, yeah. Right. And so they're talking about things like, you know, you can call in and you can say, this is the bed height I need. You know, this is the turning radius I need. And then they'll find a hotel in the area that you want to stay in. Um, and they're all... Um, all discounted between uh, 30 and 70% off that so you're like, you know, finding your own, I, who wants to do the work of finding yeah. your own hotel? Yeah. Not, not that I would besmirch the good hotel that I always stay at when I visit Ottawa these days. Uh, yeah. but they put me in a room, uh, which was really nice by the way, but it was labeled as one of their accessible rooms that I was in over right. the weekend, except that yes, there were bars everywhere for people. If they use the mobility device to sort of move right. themselves around, but like there was no turning radiuses for a wheelchair. So it's like, here's the accessible room that yeah. you can't actually access the physical, the physical accessibility features if you use a mobility device. So I always find that funny, right? Well, I don't find it funny. Okay. Maybe I find it funny is the wrong word. I find it's it peculiar funny, right? yeah. when they yeah. slap on sort of the sign and say, ah, look at our accessible room. We have bars everywhere. It's like, yeah, and but I, people can't get to them. And sometimes, oftentimes the beds are quite high in those suites because mm -hmm. they don't, they don't think about transferring from, you know, a device into a into a bed. Um, so there's lots of things. Let, let, let somebody else do that for you. Yeah, let somebody else do that work. Amy, thank you for this. You're welcome, Dave. You've been listening to Now with Dave Brown. Hit the subscribe button on any podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.